3 2 1 ladies and gentlemen welcome to an episode of the unwebramanics early night show that i've been so excitedly looking forward to primarily because it is me discussing my professional work life with someone who i started my a lot of my mainstream professional work life with and at the same time this is someone who uh, i wouldn't say i'm besties with or homies with or someone i hang out with very often but whenever we talk it feels like you know we left off yesterday and there is always something that like we trade off a lot in our conversations so that's something i have realized so ladies and gentlemen welcome to season 2 episode 5 with my guest sanand warrior what's up sanand what's up mr pramanik <laughs> so so the show is called the early night show anvay pramanik's early night show yeah so what's the story there why is it called the early night i wanted to do a late night show because i really like the late uh, night show format you know like um, it's quiet it's you're speaking to an audience that's staying up maybe right. and it's very calm but my my ceo my current ceo he said bro late night show to sab le liye you call it early night show i said perfect let's call it the early night show you know <laughs> just a just a branding effort so sanand tell us um nobody knows you except for me who's watching maybe adi right. or adi or hisham or adnan will be watching this they know you but why don't you introduce yourself tell us about who you are what you do currently professionally and what your hobbies interest like sum up who you are in the next 5 minutes all yours right so i run an advertising firm i run a modern day advertising firm which is digital first uh, it has creative and uh, distribution or media or performance marketing capabilities that we call in the market basically we create stuff and then we get it out to people and then get results from the back of it so we are a modern day advertising firm built on the ability to gauge roi in terms of what you do so that's why don't of, you introduce uh, the name of the company oh yeah we're called virality uh, it's an organization i founded many years ago uh, anvay was briefly a part of it at the origin and somewhere you know probably in the second wave if i can call it yeah and uh, since he's been a good friend well wisher and i have known you for what now 10 12 years how long it's been a fun year? yeah yeah 13 yeah. years more than that yeah i think 13 years huh? yeah, yeah yeah long time you've known <laughs> me for you've known me since my waltz with himanshu in your 12 standard lobby you remember <laughs> during farewell the video is still like on my phone i'm going to try and send it to you <laughs> <laughs> that video is <laughs> that's how long we've known each other uh, why yeah. don't you tell us a little bit about um what are the kind of you don't have to tell us the clients but what is virality's um, philosophy when it comes to advertising like you told us it's digital first focused on primarily on getting roi on the spends but why don't you tell us a little bit with regards to your brand philosophy and your business philosophy and the philosophy that you have for your employees at your workplace right there's a lot of philosophies to cover in one go but i'll try <laughs> so uh we are primarily a digital first agency which means we're just new age where we're built on platforms we're built on uh the internet uh we believe that there are brands and there are customers and the internet is the world's biggest middleman and we are an organization that operates on the internet to create solutions for brands who basically want to reach out to their customers uh that's particularly or well, that's sort of the thesis if i can call it that fucking amazing and, yeah yeah and uh yeah uh in terms of organization we're young uh, we sort of predominantly filled with people who are self starters who sort of self taught uh, now we're sort of adding flavor from the industry uh, we're building into a a proper a proper uh, i'm i wouldn't call it wanting to be a network agency but along the lines wanting to be a a global creative come media house uh, that's sort of how i define us 
and yeah it's been a very interesting journey four years uh, initial years with you uh, <laughs> many years after uh, been a lot of ups and downs and the last one year has been crazy um, we just sort of touched upon that in terms of what we've gone through in the last one year so yeah uh, that's uh, maybe you want to just for the audience who's joined in uh, maybe just give a quick quick recap of what the last one year has been for you you don't have to get into the nitty gritties but just like the thought process how it's evolved yeah um, I think the last one has been very special. Special is what I call, and when I just chuckled after that <laughs> with regards to that adjective. But uh, I think it's been a great year. A lot of learning, personally, professionally. I think in March when all of this happened and, and things shut down, I I think we we were forced by nature to to act and behave in a different way. And and I was very curious to see how does that change the buying and selling mentality or the behavior. Um, and it's been a very uh, insightful last one year in terms of looking at the trends in terms of what happens when humans are just forced to stay indoors uh, how do they basically adopt uh, to new technology how do they uh, change the, the way they were doing things and and you know it's uh, one of the key things about humans are we're so resistant right in terms of everything that we do and when something like this comes along and when nature forces you to behave a different way uh, it's just fascinating it's just fascinating how we change as humans yeah. um, and it also shows the fact that we can adapt and survive so yeah. uh, and a lot of the, a lot of that is played out in the markets too in terms of how people buy sell things and in the context of the last one year it's been great um, just understanding uh, reacting having to create or adapt to that environment for the success of the your clients and the brands you manage uh, has been fascinating so yeah the last one year like i said has been special for me i i know exactly what you're talking about like you said we spoke before this podcast i have a question for you um yeah. do, does virality have a certain or let me take a back step i like working with clients who i can connect on a philosoph- philosophy level in terms of how we look at marketing how we look at growth how we look at customer engagement and giving value to customers yes of course i can sell to a brand who just wants uh to you know the brands come and say i want to i want max engagement i'm like are you creating content that gives engagement i don't care i want max engagement so there are those customers and then there are customers who you know you sit with and you explain the triple h philosophy of creating content and how you need to provide more value before you ask for anything so do you have an outlook of um, these are the only kind of clients i want to work with or do you keep an open mind saying i will work with anyone and in the process or even learn myself how to deal with such people um i think it's it's impossible to find uh, everyone in the world to agree with you uh, or find everyone who agrees with you i think it's just not possible so i think and in marketing often uh, disagreements are good because it 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 usually brings out growth uh, usually through innovation because one party has to change right they can't be resistant and in that something nice comes out uh, so it's impossible to always find people that you're going to agree with Uh, but i think there are certain philosophies that we follow i think uh, people need to believe in what they want to achieve i think that's the number one uh, criteria that we sort of have the clients and the brands that actually have an idea of what they want to do and how they're going to do it and we come in to basically uh, actually less so of how they do it but at least knowing what they want what they want right i think Correct. that's very important and and if someone is aware self aware as a brand to that extent i think then our job becomes easier and it's it's so much more easier to work with any agency for that matter Uh, and so that's something that we sort of focus on and yeah i mean uh, you want to work with nice people as much as possible uh, you don't want douchebags on the other end which is quite <laughs> common in our line of work Correct. and i'm sure they would say the other way about agencies too uh, but uh, we want nice people as much as possible uh, it's just so much more easier to deal with um, and 
if they if they know what they want on top of that then i think it just becomes so much more easier to work together and achieve those results because uh, in marketing it's not easy it, it is time bound every result so it's almost like a a, a mini pact uh, or a mini marriage where you're yeah. going to have to live with someone for a while right as a, as yeah. a client and agency so uh, so you got to see what works for that partnership and yeah uh, it's uh, a touch and go you can't always uh, you won't always know what you're walking into so you just have to be ready for it and, and a lot of sacrifices <laughs> like they say about marriages right a lot yeah. of sacrifices in a client agency relationship so a lot of that yeah that's a that's i, I really like i really like how you put this one phrase um that dis- disagreements are good because it causes either one of the parties to evolve and grow i really i really really like how you put that i think that that is a philosophy that i keep for life also you know like i always tell my friends colleagues any anyone that the reason i'm arguing with you is because i fucking want you to see how we can both grow right and most people right. i tell them you know i will not argue with you if i don't want you to grow or if i don't want me to grow i will just stay away but if i'm taking the time and it's not like an argument where i go anal and like fuck you dude it's more like can you see what's happening can you see this is not happening so i i really like how you put that anyways coming back to the advertising space um without taking the client's name because you've told me and i'm sure you have an nda you've worked with a scandinavian tech brand correct right um would you say that it's easier to work with brands in the west or brands in india um i think so there's it's a layered question uh, i don't think there's a blanket answer you, you also partly because i don't you can break it down um see if if you are going beyond the borders of your country to to engage in business you have to be evolved slightly right uh it's a fact right you have to be firstly open to leaving your culture and your way of doing things behind and and going out and looking at a foreign market or a, or a alien market and being mentally prepared to go into it and uh, engage with somebody who does not share the same values and beliefs that you have so if you are willing to do that you have to be slightly evolved and as a result of which i think from my experiences it it just could be based on the kind of people that i've dealt with but in this job and probably in my previous job i've had the opportunity to work with a lot of foreign uh, clients and brands and it could be a result of me meeting people uh, who have come forward to wanting to work with me or my organization in india or could be vice versa where i have sort of stepped out and gone and it's been different uh, experience both times uh, i generally find it easier to do business with somebody who is coming from a foreign land into india because i think they're coming with that open minded uh, mind Got approach Got so they're willing to work with you yeah when i was going reaching out and work trying to work with uh, foreign brands or foreign clients in other parts of the world and and not just the west but also the east and southeast um i think the experience has been slightly different where i think i've had to over communicate and 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 make that extra effort because i'm the one going into their uh natural environment habitat, and yeah. i'm trying to work with them yeah, and i'm trying to work with them right so there's more change and resistance that comes my way and i have to adapt to it so, uh, so that's just been uh, the case and then there's a third one right which is in in the, in the middle which is working with people in india yeah. and i think that's been a mixed bag of all kinds of uh experiences so i i can't put a blanket to it and say this is how this is good and this is not i think i've met some wonderful people both outside this country and the ones here um yeah. and at, at, at professional capacity only and it's been fantastic like in terms of like good people are always good regardless of where they're coming from and on the other hand 
people who are confused who don't know what they want who think an agency is like a magic pill that you sign on and then you know your fortunes are changing next day with those people it's hard whether they're here whether they're somewhere else whether they're on the moon it's always going to be hard correct so that's just my take on that yeah i always I, yeah i i know exactly what you're saying i always tell people whenever we do a client pitch right like uh, one one skill set that i have developed in the last one plus year of working at changing tree is uh, doing the client pitch and creating the client pitch uh i'm not sure if you remember when i came once to your organization your team was working on another pitch and i just put in two cents because i'm like I'm, this is what i'm doing at my current organization as well and <clears throat> one of those uh, things that i realized so i've i've mainly pitched to uh to brands in bombay a lot to brands in bombay like big 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 boys in bombay right like annual as of 20, 2017 turnover like 5000 crore plus kind of businesses right personally i have realized it's the big boys who it's the big boys who are not under the impression that marketing is a magic pill which will turn over their sales yeah. the next day but yeah. it's the small boys correct because they've been doing it for so long and they they know exactly what um what it is that i'm getting into versus these small small boys who have probably just started a business in the last 3 years maybe got of some family funding or some seed capital they are the ones who usually have these expectations that i start doing social media marketing and tomorrow i have 1 million followers that's what i've realized uh what are your what are your thoughts on the same yeah so true uh, if you ask me personally i don't think the agency model works for small and medium scale organizations actually most of for small medium i think still they'll get by but <laughs> i i genuinely feel agency model does not work for a small organization because uh small organizations are trying to stay alive they're trying to make money month on month right they're trying to meet their expenses the bills uh, if they were really comfortable and they were uh, scaling through they wouldn't be a small organization and they would be large um and then and by the function of having a lot of people you need to have processes in place you need to uh, be evolved uh, in a small organization it might just be a founder and then he might have one one member marketing team right yeah. and they'll be tagging with each other to get things uh, one digital guy who knows how to run ads exactly <laughs> and he is always the most annoying because he's one digital guy and he has no one to tag with so he's not growing fast enough and yeah. and as a result you're you're in 2020 pitching to him and he's like 2017 this is how it works you know <laughs> yeah. it's very difficult uh, do you do you make so, wordpress websites <laughs> yeah right so the conversations are that level and and no disrespect to any of them but i feel if you're small and if you're a small organization uh, cash is oxygen so you really want uh, cash and there's not enough cash so you're not breathing right you're not breathing properly and as a result you're just trying to stay alive uh, and it's a it's a it's a chaotic environment for an organization or an agency to go in and accelerate because we need the basics in place because i i always tell all our clients that we are catalysts right yeah. uh, agencies are catalysts who can come in and speed up the process uh, yep. because we are we are organized we are we are we are our, our skills are uh, go deeper not wider yeah. so we know we how to more, organize creativity and get results from it yeah exactly right so so we know how to take a you know we know how to look at it from a systematic systemized format yep. uh, which a lot of brands wouldn't because that's not their forte they are in the business of doing whatever they do um, and as a result of which uh, our, our association will be so much more stronger if as a brand uh, or a client they are so much more organized at their end correct and as a result of which yeah uh, in a small organization it's hard to ask for those those kind of uh, demands because uh, they are trying to stay alive so you will not have a, a evolved marketing team and a process and understanding of budgets and and division between brand and sales roi yeah. so all of those evolved concepts don't come in as a result it's it's very difficult to work with them um i've been there we started out that way and we then started. gradually made the evolution 
uh, and in, so i know both sides of the coin and i think it's a it's a delight to work with large organizations who have a large ambition and a vision and people who know how to get there yeah uh, I, i always say right the best of the best organizations are the ones who know what to do with an agency yes and don't call an agency in and say hey uh, do you know how to get this done yeah so uh, that's sort of the the my take like in terms of what i've seen and what i feel that makes a lot of sense it's like a it's like a, an agency is like a sword or like a gun and if you have the prior skills tactical skills of using a gun you can use that gun that much better or if you know right. you want to get better at using this gun you will get that much better but if you're if you're if your thought is like why am i not fucking getting better at call of duty or counter strike because just because i have a gun in my hand then you're forever going to be stuck being that kind of a person so this brings me to another question right a question of ethics according to me i also very strongly believe that small cafes and small businesses they don't really need an agency they need an agency right. to come in and give them maybe a six month strategy or like a three month three month three month three month right. thing you can track right. growth like that and we will give you consultation but ideally if if i was ever becoming an agency founder or if i if i was ever an influencer in this industry i would always recommend small brands to go and get freelancers maybe a freelance designer and a writer to come in and work for them and get an agency to give the overarching the atl atl part of it like uh, three use facebook for this use instagram for this do orm like this but let your internal team take care of everything so that way what happens right. is your small company it has the control over um what they're creating and i also believe that agencies should not take small clients for a ride you know like make them spend money knowing i can't do anything for you so this is right. this this comes back to that whole remember i was telling you when i started this podcast that i'm having an ethics problem right now you know like i'm having an ethics problem in the sense that uh, it started with zamstars i'm pretty sure you remember i was working yeah, yeah. with zamstars where i was handling their portfolio of hotel clients and i was killing it right i was really good at at developing hospitality brands and we were having this uh, this lunch this gala lunch event which they invited me for and at the end of the event i saw so much food being wasted i went up to the 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 buffet guys and i asked them bro do you guys at least get to eat that he's like no we will have dal chawal in the kitchen and i'm like where does that go he's like it's going to get wasted so yeah. since then i've been asking myself is that what i'm selling like is this what i'm like selling at the end of the day am i happy doing this you know is does this bring me any like of course yeah tomorrow sheraton whitefield is getting recognized by 10x more pr verticals but from an ethics point of view because i personally hate wasting food because i'm pretty sure you remember there was a time i was broke homeless trying to figure out myself from a whole hippie point of view and since then i've kind of understood you know food is important can't waste food and shit um and at the same time you know um seeing certain agencies like zam like uh, i won't i won't take any names but there was an agency i worked with they were really good at taking clients for a ride in the sense they know they can't do shit for this client but they will still take like the 35 40k a month retainer from this client and not get any footfalls or whatever it is right like how we tried for tob right remember tob in uh, infantry road or church road wherever we tried our best but we couldn't get his expectations met so as a business owner sanand where do you draw a line with morals like where do you draw a line between morals and business um i can't speak for everybody but i just think it's individual to it's unique to everyone right for it, you it, i'm it asking just for you for me i think uh, i need to feel good at the end of the day i need to be able to sleep right yes uh, and and i and i generally don't care if I, i if i have to make a like if i have to make a decision uh, that i don't like if i have to make if i have to do something that i generally don't believe in and it pays me a billion dollars 
but I can't sleep well for rest of my life. I, I, I'll be in balance. I, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, uh, I, I think, it, it, yeah, it stems from what your personal values are. And for me, it's very important for me to not just make money, but how I make it and, and what, how am I remembered, right, in the transaction. I don't think uh, everyone, so you could work with the client, uh, it could go well or it could go bad. I don't think the client's going to remember how much money he paid you. Or sometimes he would, and if it's an absolute waste uh, and, <laughs> yeah. you, and you rip somebody off, they would remember. Yeah. But otherwise, in general, if you work with someone and, and given the duration that we spend time with someone, four months, uh, six months, a year, yeah. uh, you you want to be remembered as someone who made a difference yes. uh, and made a positive difference. And I think uh, it's also, it's important for me personally. And I also think it's a good marketing or a brand strategy to have in place to be obsessed about your customers yes. uh, to the point where uh, even if things don't work out, they're like, hey, no hard feelings, things didn't work out, but... Uh, Thanks for all the help. Uh, hopefully, we can do something together in the future. Exactly. That's the kind of conversation that you want to have with everyone, even when things don't work. And and it's kind of hard to do that if you are ripping them off knowingly, uh, because at the end of the period, you're gonna they're gonna know that you're gonna know that, and then your reputation at stake. And I don't think it, it, it you can sleep well after that. The way I, you know the way I look at it. So for me, it's very important that that ethical value though that those rules that we have is maintained. Uh, we internally preach like a. 100% transparency policy uh, like everyone should know everything and there shouldn't be something that you have to have to hide, hide from somebody right the client Correct. or internally um, and that's something that we, we sort of preach I sometimes joke the fact that we have all glasses if you look at the background it's all just glass everywhere uh, it's because we're 100% transparent yeah. you know we want everything to be seen known felt uh, so I sort of uh, look at it that way so it's not about the money it's about how you feel at the end of it yeah. Um, it, it it's a blend between uh, the millennial way of thinking uh, and 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 probably how our generation before us felt, you know, our, our folks and right. the others. And I feel that being born in the '90s and and living through that era, you sort of get the best of both, right? You you, you somewhere or the other, yeah. the values have crossed over. I think so us '90s kids are the best. Like we've got the best of both yeah. worlds. Like we just got technology and we just like came out of you know still yeah. drawing in color like, books and stuff like that as kids. I think for for most technologies uh, that that came about and became a cultural uh, thing post 90s, I think except the pager and yeah. maybe the first gen fo mobile phones mobile in India phone. in the late yeah. 90s, I think everything else in my family went through me. Uh, like, uh, you know, I was the first one uh, that basically got to experience it, uh, spend hours on it and, and figure it out and then help family understand it, you know. Uh, I was the chief technology officer of my family that way, uh, the CTO. Uh, so, so I think uh, that's helped immensely because I was brought up in a in a in a very valued, uh, I don't know, in a, a very uh, strong set of values with regards to how I act, behave, and 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 treat other people. Uh, right. It's not always been you know something that I can fo I've followed, but most times I try. So those inherent teachings are there, and I think the layer of uh, the knowledge of technology just came about that. So I sort of <laughs> have that foundation there. And, and I even business, uh, idea of business came much after that. So yeah. the foundation was strong. So I believe that I've always sort of looked at it from, from the core, which is to do what's right, right? There's that yeah. saying, right? Doing the right thing is always the right thing. Correct. So, I know what you're saying. Strongly, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. And um, like, I cannot tell you how strongly I connect with that because I personally don't believe that there's any need for modern day agencies to be like a old school business in terms of, you know, hiding why, right. like, 
like what the salary is like even in when even in my current organization there was a time in the beginning when things were a little old school but now it's not as much right and again coming to the question of morals like i absolutely love what you what you pinned down so before i jump into my next question to all the audience members who have joined in a little bit of a brief a, a small quick look at the past of um, of of like why i can absolutely vouch for what sanand is saying and why i've got him on this podcast is when i was in college 17 when i was 17 sanand i think was 22 21 22 no man you know that i'm not that, i'm not 5 years older than you i'm about 2 years older than you so you were like 19 when you joined cms yeah. right um i was 18 when i joined but when you came along i would have been 20 you would have been 20 so sanand was was my senior in the college that i went to but before that he was my senior in school even yeah. in college he was in the in the management and business side i was in the creative the media side i dropped out of college i still haven't finished you finished college right yeah yeah i did so sanand sanand finished college and i remember that i wanted to go pick up my degree certificate ticket for i think two years three years after i don't know i finally said fuck it i'll go take it because they oh, said yeah. if you don't take it now we it's our time it and then i yeah, we won't give it to you and shit they said right yeah no no i got to pay for it so i was like screw that i'm not paying for it again <laughs> as is i paid so much for education so i was like okay let me just get it and leave so i i, I went to pick it up so yeah i i am a graduate <laughs> in fact my first, my first ever instagram post actually was my degree certificate <laughs> and i was like yo i did it <laughs> <laughs> this is pre 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 you were exposed to gary vaynerchuk i'm guessing that first post yeah pre everything pre every uh, learning about uh, even pre the design bit that you taught me uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah it's it's pre everything so cool so then that makes it even better so to people who have joined um i started my advertising career at a company called pink lemonade but i started my actual i start i did my first job in pink lemonade but i actually started my career with sanand um how do i put it before pink lemonade i was a you know freelance content writer in a bunch of news sites and news articles and like uh, magazines and stuff like that freelance right after that i realized i can make a living out of writing by doing something known as copywriting this is 2012 13 something 13 13 is it yeah i think i think it was 13 after man i think it was 14 something 14, 14. 15 as i thought when you talked about but yeah somewhere around that <laughs> somewhere around that time right 13 14 15 uh yeah you're right you're right 2012 2013 i was working with jay kishan you're right so 14 15 is right. when, I, when i jumped into pink lemonade and uh, did a copywriting stint for 6 months with another friend of mine called adi who me mm-hmm. sanand and adi pretty much did a lot of shit together uh rasam rice rasam rice yeah he did he was the second episode of this season so um so three of us um how did it start yeah so even adi was adi was my college mate he was my classmate in college that's how i met him ana adi and sanand met each other through their love of football they were in the college football team together i think right and uh, i remember what happened is adi joined pink lemonade he told me bro join this company i joined this company worked there for 6 months but realized it's sitting in a room and writing shit i don't want to do i don't want to write it's a great place like learned so much over there in fact who my boss who was my direct boss over there i introduced you to sanand arvind and you guys had a collaboration in between as well right so great place great people even tina who was my ceo of pink lemon i'm still in touch with but i realized i want to do something of my own 
something where I call the shots on what the vision should be, but doesn't mean to say I want to be the boss, but call the shots on what I want to do. That's when Sanand, while I was working at Pink Lemonade, I still remember we used to finish Pink Lemonade at seven. Sanand used to pick us up on his SUV, XUV. You still have that XUV? I know. I sold it. But then funny enough, we just bought another one now. Another so, XUV. Uh, yeah, the new <laughs> one. So don't ask me. It's a strange chain of events. Uh, sold one in 2019 and now 2020 or 2021, we have one again. So, uh, you know, <laughs> all those things in life. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the warrior family, automobile brand of the warrior family. The... It, it's actually not family, now it's company. So it's, it's different. It, it, it's here, it's owned by Virality now. So it's almost like, you know, my dad sold his, but then uh, I grew up and when I had to buy one, I just take it off. Dude, congratulations. One. So you fucking bought it yourself? Uh, yeah. It's that a, is fucking uh, neat. Respect, dude. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking awesome. So that's fucking awesome, dude. That's really awesome. I still remember Sanand would pick us up from Pink Lemonade in that XUV. And that XUV used to be like our office because all the ideation brainstorming used to happen in that XUV. Then we would Until go to... We would yeah, then we would go to McDonald's and uh, yeah. then we would go somewhere work. I think somewhere we would go and work and then go to McDonald's and like wrap up for dinner. Yeah. I still remember yeah. that. So that used to be our, our, our job. Like we used to have the two jobs and with Sanand, I used to do graphic designing. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm, if I'm not wrong, I started my graphic design in terms of how do you visualize art? How do you visualize a design for a brand, creating something for a brand using brand colors and stuff, which I very strongly use now and putting my pitches and giving my theme direction, right? How do you, what is color philosophy, font philosophy and stuff. All of that started with you, Sanand. And during that, during that phase of working with Sanand, he introduced me to this person called Gary Vaynerchuk. This is 2016, before the whole Gary V thing where he blew up, right? This is when Gary was still like, he had just released Jab, 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 Right Hook, or he had just released Crush It, right? I think Crush It, the Crush It economy he had just yeah, released. I think it was anyone, yeah. yeah, so he had, released, one, yeah. The, yeah, he had just released Crush It. Um, he was just, he was doing his, uh, that ask Gary V thing. That was his main thing at that point of time. And he, he still had black, black hair. So that is, that is the Gary V I'm talking about. Right. So Sanan taught me things like jab, 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 right hook. What is social media marketing? What is giving value to people? How do you create content on social media? He taught me all of that. So helping me understand that, that like madman helped me understand that there's a thing called advertising. Sanan helped me understanding what is advertising today, digital marketing. This is 2016, guys. 2016, we were discussing these things where there are businesses today, that is agencies today that have still not understood this concept, right? So that is how forward thinking we used to be at that point of time. Um, I remember Sanand then founded a company called Proectus, which became heavily involved in de- developing the sports, especially the football industry in India. We did a, we did a, a football tournament with a bunch of schools in India where Sanand gave me the opportunity to design jerseys. I'm someone who didn't know anything about football and he's like, bro, make my jerseys. I made those jerseys and I think they came out quite nice, right? Uh, yeah. So, so we did. did that, we did that football stint. And then, um, and then I decided to, I think, continue doing something else after that. I, I, rem- I remember I took a break at that point of time, Mohit joined as your designer. And then uh, after a lot of stint, Sanand calls me one day and he's like, bro, I'm starting a business. Uh, I'm starting an agency of my own. It's called Virality. I wanted to join as designer. And I still remember... This was in the, the back office room of Budokor office where you got all, all of us, Hisham, me, all of us were there in that room that day. And you asked us, so Sanand was like, pitch to me why I, you should work for me. And I still remember what I told Sanand. I'm like, I know how to get people's attention and make designs that get people's attention. I still remember that statement. Um, 
uh, and then we started building this concept called the attention economy and all after that if you remember right so yeah. virality started it was me sanand and a friend and i'm going to be completely brutally honest here i don't care who people who yeah. judge me even if you judge me uh, we worked in virality for 3 uh, months we did some great work i think we did some great work for the amount of manpower we had three of us right we did i think seven brands at that point of time used to handle and that's where yeah. i learned I about four of, us. four of us right you me mohit and one more person is it Pratik Jos. Jos, correct. Jos was our content writer. Correct. I still remember this. Uh, we were in a small. Uh, we were in a. Uh, we were in an Axis Bank co-working space first in Diamond District. Then we moved yeah. to uh, uh, our own office in Indranagar, which was the virality hub for a while before you guys moved to that big office that you have now. And I remember this was at a, at a time when I was very lost in terms of what I want to do, who I want to be. what is the what is life this is pre spirituality anvay right pre woke anvay i would say um, i think you were on the path though i think I was you were on already the on the path i was somewhere on the path like getting getting involved and um i still remember like this is something i carried a lot of guilt with for a long time and i still love the fact that sanand didn't hold anything against me no hold no grudges against me is one fine morning i just stopped answering texts and i didn't show up to work after a day like i didn't inform that i won't show up i didn't say i won't show up i just stopped showing up and considering that there was no other designer at that point of time the fact that you kept things together i'm not and and made it happen and i think gummy had joined at that point of time right i think he he was supposed to join but he had a longer notice so he was one month away i actually one month one month away yeah. I, i still remember i think you may or you and mohit might have done the designs at that point of time on the templates and shit that i may have created so mohit was away for a week in gujarat holiday so <laughs> you know who handled the designs <laughs> it was me understand. yeah and and i still i carried a lot of guilt with regards to that i think i didn't reach out to you also for a long time we didn't speak for a while i carried a lot of guilt because i feel like I let someone down. I let myself down, of course, but I let Sanand down. Someone who had given me an opportunity to do so much shit. Yeah, I, it might sound very PR what I'm saying right now, but I mean all of these things because when I when I ran away and I did I went into the wilderness and did my shit. One thing that I realized is if I don't take myself seriously professionally and grow and and don't focus on my career, I can't give value to anyone nor myself. right like i love the freedom of being able to go to a jungle any point of time but even in the jungle i'm like fish fuck i wish i had a nice blanket and toilet paper and good food right so that's when i came back to the city and i'm like you know i want to build my career actually become good at my job and good at becoming a 9 to 5 person so that's when that zamstars gig came i did that for a year really became good at you know showing up on time and not missing office and meeting deadlines and then after that uh cuddle i did cuddle for 6 months where it was a startup built that team from scratch got fired from there because the company shut down then moved to changing tree for the last one and a half years and where i got hired as a junior creative director became the creative director 6 3 4 months in and just recently again got promoted to creative director and account director so this is not something i would have expected if you would ask me when i just run away from virality if i have to put it but i think the guilt of the fact that i let you down really drove me to to build myself from an ethics point of view from a morals point of view in terms of how do you treat your employer and like becoming a manager at work so thank you thanks sanand for uh, giving me my kick my start being patient with me and at the same time apologies for what happened back then i know you don't want to get into it but uh, i've always wanted to say this um and i'm glad i got a chance to do it right now yeah no worries i think uh... 
everyone goes through that journey right i think i think you discovered yourself at the end of it i think that's more important yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think you came out stronger and i think the fact that you're talking about it and acknowledging is a reflection of the fact that how far you come from there uh and the fact that it it had an impact in whatever ways and i think uh for me it was simple right as a business owner you you just can't wait uh yeah. like if someone didn't show up to work that's it like i was just in that zone of mind saying now what's the alternative what next um and the short term fix was for me to take those shoes and 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 give a shot at design was was hectic you know uh, i still remember that first day the i had to deliver seven designs and i did six i couldn't do the seventh cuz i just couldn't i didn't have the talent to be honest uh <laughs> and then the client calls up and says your agency's like uh not delivered and i'm like i'm sorry but they'll come tomorrow and i was able to quick turn around and do something tomorrow so it was a great uh the next year as well as a good, good experience for me too to to do something that i hadn't done before and then see how uh, uncomfortable i was but also given insight into something that happened and uh, to be honest i think i always say if if something bad's going to happen it should it should happen at the earliest you know because yeah. then you have time after that to just fix and then move on so i looked at it that way and i think uh, luckily so did the guys who were working um, i think uh, and as a result i think everyone just sort of pulled through and said hey we need to just get over this and and go ahead and we just sort of did that so as a business i was looking at it in that frame of mind yeah uh, personally however like i said i i knew you needed your space because uh, the other thing was if whatever you were going through and and if you didn't come and speak to me by yourself and if you weren't answering the the call it was because it was uncomfortable for you at that time for whatever reason right whatever however you must have felt and i think the best thing to do was to give you that space and then i think you came back you reached out once yeah um, i was i think uh, just i think i just had a surgery i was uh, a little immobile for a while i couldn't yeah. move around and i think we we had a chance to meet i i didn't take that effort because i was like fuck it my legs not working i can't yeah. move so yeah uh, whoever it is i'm not meeting but then later on i think we met and i think uh, we had some open chat with yeah. regards to everything yeah and i think i'm glad uh, of how you've grown since then i think uh, zamsters and now where you are i think going from junior cd to cd i think it's huge uh, you would not have ever expected that right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, CD, I can believe, but account director, I'm like, what the hell? What is happening now? What What are you having? What's <laughs> What's the super drug that you have? Uh, so, yeah. but yeah, but but super proud, and and I think uh, really happy that you're having a good career. I think that's very important for us at Virality too. I would always say, right, uh, that if someone is leaving here, they should make their absence felt to us because they should have been so good. And when they go to some other place, they should. definitely add value same same yeah. concept yeah. like how we try and add to our clients i think guys who leave us goes elsewhere should have the same uh, impact and i think i'm really glad that, that you are on a path where you're sort of doing that and and wish you all the success on a professional front absolutely uh, and we may cross paths and i'd like to give a shot at kicking your ass as a, as a company to company you know uh, that's how competitive i am but i think uh, that would be fucking on, amazing on i think that would be fucking amazing like tesla's opened in bangalore we were thinking of doing a pitch i'm 100% sure you guys also got thinking from your end so imagine both of us show up at the tesla door i think that would be great like that would just go to show how far we have come as individuals yeah and i'm sure we won't be the only ones so it'll be good fun <laughs> we'll have densu web chutney there we probably have uh, happy mcgarry bow and, and all those buggers in the corner but i'm i'm sure what we will present to those tesla guys is going to be miles different from what the traditionalists come come forward with because we um, i i think i can speak very openly about this i did a pitch to uh, hindustan pencils the guys who own nataraj nataraj apsara and all of those guys 
and uh, that was the best pitch of my life that I've done, according to me. Right, the pitch that I made, fucking, I was working till four the previous evening, and the pitch was at twelve in the morning. So three, like barely any sleep, and giving the pitch. And I still remember, at the end of it, the marketing lady was like, their agency was Ogilvy. Right, the digital agency was Ogilvy. They were like, "This is the kind of shit we expect Ogilvy to give us, not you guys." So that is the day I, yeah, that is the day I felt like I felt proud. Like I felt like, dude, I'm in a cabin right now with the guys who made Natraj pencil, the guys who have fucking mm-hmm. made Natraj pencil, and I'm pitching to them, right? The, so the pencil I used to use in school, <laughs> the pencil, like everyone, every nineties kid. Yeah, every '90s kids used to play pencil fight with, right? Put a less rubber band in the back so it doesn't slip out and shit. So, so yeah, that was the day that that was the day I realized that you know, like what we offer is a cut apart from the traditional. Of course, Ogilvy has the best PR, and at any point of time, any ad they make will be featured on twenty platforms, and they'll get awards and shit. But in terms of the value and the way we look at the industry and the way we look at things, I think is cut apart from what the traditionalists are looking at. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. So that's something that I've seen that too. Yeah, I very strongly believe in that. So now coming to I think the last uh, last quarter of our of our segment because this is something that I wanted to discuss with you very stro- very closely, and this is what I started our podcast with as well. I'll give a little two minute insight of the thoughts that I'm having, and then I'll take you can take it away from there. So my thinking is that the traditional roles of copywriter designer and um digital marketer the media media buyer right you're the main guy who will do the ads and campaigns wow. and development and stuff like that i believe that till 2018 these roles made sense but now in my mind i feel a copywriter and a graphic designer should know how the ads and ad spaces work not that they are the experts yeah. in media buying but they should know my ad will show up here my creative will show up here it needs to look like this my creative needs to be so many pixels like even today i'm dealing with designers like the reason i stopped doing graphic design job is because i realize it's no there's no growth there in india like i will not grow i will be the one who will be coming the first to the office and leaving the last so that's why i stopped doing graphic design professionally right and i realize that today there is no agency out there at least in my agency where the there is no trickle down effect of people on top who are talking about roles becoming dissolved but according to me who is an account director leading two client servicing or two account managers and their teams and their copywriting teams whenever i sit with the team and we do a brainstorm i always ask my designer to tell my copywriter what he should be writing because their designs will look like that i always tell my writer to ask the digital marketer what the cta should be I always tell my digital marketer to tell my copywriter, bro. Use like I tell my digital marketer that, bro, you need to learn English. You need to learn copywriting, because there will come a time when my, I don't want my copywriter to li- write these CTAs. I want you to do it. Save my copywriter yeah. the time of doing that bullshit. You do it. I will tell my client servicing or account manager, you take that fucking Photoshop template from the designer, because now all the client will say is you remove this logo, remove that logo, which you can also do. let my designer work on the big art pieces so i believe now that yes of course there are these individual roles of copywriter whose job is to come up with the campaigns and the words the designer whose job is to give a look and feel to that campaign and the digital guy who will tell the designer and the copywriter what to create and how to how they will push it online and the client servicing or the account manager who helps get the deliveries done gets the brief from the client and gets all of it to happen i believe that these roles are no longer individual roles like i believe 
two years from now, a copywriter will be a client servicing person or an account manager. An account manager will come and say, boss, I can do the client management and I will give you copies because I don't want anyone else to write and I can give you the skills like that as well. Same, same way, I believe there will come a time when digital marketer will say, bro, I know Photoshop. You just make the art pieces and give me, I will make the graphics and I'll upload it. So right. this is, this is one, one moral thing that I'm having. And the second thing that I'm having is it, that this is internal, right? In terms of agency structure and agency roles. Second thing that I'm having is in terms of how you grow clients in the modern sense, right? Like in most agencies, as part of the scope of work or retainer, you will have three to five posts a week, right? That's the, that's the norm. I ask everyone a question. When you are personally browsing on your social media, how many ads do you interact with? Or how many ads do you literally stop and wait to read? They'll be like one in 40. I'm like, you're making five posts a week. All of them are right hooks. All of them are right hooks as per, you know, how these people write. How many people do you think are looking at these posts? You are spending an entire day making five posts. Do you think people are spending more than two seconds looking at your posts? So this is another thought that I have. I believe that my, any agency today, like how March T or Ather does it. I know both these brands, but they do maybe one post in a month or five ads in a month. So what is your philosophy? Do you think just because there is another agency out there who might steal this client because they will say, I will do five posts, but I'm saying I can get the same done with three posts. Just for that sake, do you think agencies today should do five posts a week? Or do you think agencies today should take a back end and say, you know what, dude, that's not how digital works. Digital does not reward you if you spam the digital space without getting any engagement. Even if you do three posts a week and get really good engagement on that, Instagram will see you as a content creator as opposed to doing five or seven posts a week. So what is your philosophy in terms of the internal agency structure and agency roles going forward and agencies uh, redoing their scope of work going forward? Two things that I want to ask. So I think very long question, by the way. So yeah, take, take all the time that you need to answer this, because this is the main thing that yeah. I want to discuss with you. I think agencies spend unnecessary time worrying about things that they shouldn't worry about. Uh, whether the, whether you have to do three or five posts a week should be a non, it should be a non event. Uh, you should spend as little bandwidth on that as much as possible. Right. Because it's, I just don't think it, it, it matters to be honest in, in the modern day digital ecosystem. I think what you need to, uh, so if, if you're going to lose a client because another agency is going to come and offer to do two more posts a week. And if you know that, and if you lost the client because of that, then you deserve to lose the client. It's simple. Right. Uh, on the other hand, I, I think the, that up, like if you are already in a situation where the relationship between your client and you is a, is a relationship like a vendor where I think it's more of like, Hey, I'm paying you X. So you give me Y. And if the conversation is always on the X and the Y, uh, then I think it's a it's an account gone, or I think the business principle there isn't strong. Uh, the way you should approach anything is saying that uh, you're hired for a specific job, you care about it, you're in the process together. Uh, I always say it's like going to the gym and getting yourself a trainer. Uh, yeah. You know, you can get a trainer, and then he will tell you everything that you need to do. But uh, and he will also be there to assist you down the way. And in our case, I think we sort of take that load as well to an extent. Uh, a trainer would ask you to do 10 push-ups, and then you have to do it, uh, you know, as <laughs> he wouldn't do it for you. But here in our case, I think we take up a little bit of that load too. So I think it's a relationship. It's a partnership. Uh, you should look at it from that standpoint, which means the goals of the people on the other end also become your goals. Uh, and I always say this often at times in, in the advertising world, you're not, 
you're you're servicing a brand yes but you're also servicing the brand manager on the other end correct so it's very important for you to understand how he's thinking what his vision is who are the other people on the end what do they want to do uh, what is he accountable you know, for yeah and and more you know about that it becomes easy for you to then align your team internally and and your organization to achieve those goals so uh, the the conversation on on the deliverables and 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 what you get at the end of the month for the amount you're paying i think uh, is a very transactional way of looking at it and and even the clients who spend time doing that are, are actually not keeping an eye on the market uh, you should spend all your time managing or figuring out this is these are for lean organizations i know in, in large corporations you have brand managers who are one among the seven eight people you know at least uh working on one particular brand and and everyone has kras and it's divided and sometimes the job of the brand manager becomes to police and manage the agency yeah. which is uh unfortunate but I, those scenarios also uh, arise you know more than one would imagine and i think uh, the, the that, is to all to that, that is my 9 to 5 that is my 9 to 5 so it is right it's a part and parcel of it I, i do very less of that today i used to do a lot of that a few years ago uh, my roles have transitioned in the organization I, i'm like i'm keeping an eye on the market and doing a lot of things but my principles even when i was doing those were simple to to get the client to and the brand to align on a singular vision because sometimes it so happens uh that the the client looks at it a certain way and the the agencies always look at it a certain way because yeah. you know it's a agencies a mixed bag of of skills and emotions right yeah. so it's everyone has their viewpoint on how it should be done but once you understand the client completely as a servicing guy then you it's very easy for you to then chart out the vision and the goals and and basically just handhold both sides the the, the client and your your, your own team, team yeah. uh, to, to to basically achieve those goals uh it arises from awareness on on what are the things that matter because some for some people so different things matter for different people right i think uh, i've had opportunity to work with a lot of brands who are very obsessed with results uh, all they want at the end of the month is growth 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 and it's very easy so they don't care if uh, you, you know you you didn't wish them on their birthday or if you didn't send them uh, a, a gift because it is some uh, engage some app, some occasion but if you achieve those results they will respect you uh, for who you are and i've also been in other scenarios where uh the expectations have been different and not just work based but also to ensure that you're there going doing a good job so then someone can uh, it happens a lot in larger uh, older organizations where somebody gets you in and they want uh, to show that hey this is the agency that I got appointed so it's doing really well and hence that increases their cred internally and there've been there and there are a lot of guys in the market who uh, wait for the agency to do something great or rather their objective of having an agency is to ensure that you do great campaigns and win awards at the back of yeah. it so there are different different kinds of uh, brand managers will come across and i think you have to figure uh, everyone's always going to have some amount of self uh, uh, interest to look out for maybe awards maybe uh, to maybe a scenario where the agency does really well so that he or she can go internally and say hey my agency and i did a great job so now yeah. i need a hike uh, because it's part of their kr is an appraisal so i want to so, increase you, their retainer and stuff like that yeah that's that never happens let's face it <laughs> but you know it does happen i think some clients they do acknowledge yeah. it but uh, in general i think in our country uh, no one wants to spend uh, so once it's decided it's it's mentally registered that i'm paying this agency x then they don't want it to be x plus 1 regardless of the yeah. scenario you know so uh, so yeah so that's sort of uh, how it's uh, how the indian ecosystem at least is but there are a lot plenty of good uh, guys out there who who sort of understand what an agency brings to the table who respect an agency uh, who who respect people at the other end i think uh, the key is to always be say true to who you are as an organization and always act and behave in that way 
and make and and it depends from organization to organization. I think as as a lead or, or the person who uh, directly is responsible for the DNA that my company has, I feel I have certain values and principles, and the team aligns to it. And as a result of which, we are able to work together and achieve, uh, or rather, do things a certain way. And it's not often that uh, it's not. Uh, always that you will find people that believe in you and uh, sorry uh, that would want necessarily agree with the way you are doing things uh, and both ways right on the client side and in your team and i think you have to navigate through that and 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 uh, to each their own the strategy i think i have been very deeply inspired by uh, the way manchester united was run by sir alex and i have been a student yeah i've been such a student of him uh, not just as a fan but just been reading his books his take on leadership and management and i think it's fascinating and i think uh, being someone who who grew up playing sport playing football so much uh, watching a team have so much success and then reading the mindset of someone who basically held that position for like 26 years and and did things a certain way and uh, i think there's a great quote from him you know in the, uh, with regards to management he says uh, uh, you have to make decisions that aren't popular but you know you're right Uh, and i think a, a lot of that it, the the culture the dna how the agency behaves is 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 riddled with those kind of uh, scenarios uh, where you're going to have to make those kind of decisions and and see through it uh, and you know uh, like fergie said uh, i think i can do that so uh, I, i think saying. that's really really that's really really helped in terms of setting a principle in terms of the way we work i still remember when we were working together we were a small uh, bunch of people i think four members or something i still remember early days and uh we were just about we, i think we were just about profitable just about profitable i think our profitability was like 3 4% okay which is shit but it it is profitability at the end of the day it's plus and a client was yeah it's plus right and the client was pushing our buttons and i i remember it was really difficult to work uh with that one client because uh he didn't have he i think he was clear that i'm going to get this agency pay them but i'm going to make them do extra work and i'm going to make uh, i'm going to make them work for their money yeah and also sort of didn't and he think he had bad experiences which is which is the worst right when someone's had a bad experience uh, and you go in as the next you go yeah and you go in as the agency to do the job that they couldn't do and there's so much uh, suspicion and they don't trust you and everything yeah. is so transactional they're so guarded and defensive it's it's such a bad uh, environment to be in but you yeah. you end up in those kind of scenarios and you can't do anything about it but to just react and and figure if you can you know uh, some against the tide and change and make them open up a little but that kind of scenario also plays out and it's it's so difficult uh, in navigating those and in through all of that i think you need to have strong sets of values in that in complete in yeah. going through those and and when that scenario happened to us when we were working together and the client was being so pushy i still remember i i, I sat across the table and, and in a minute i said you know let's just end this it's fine uh and he didn't expect it he was shocked and he didn't want to end it suddenly because you know he was he was very uh, measured in in the way you, he you called his stuff basically no i i, I just feel uh, sometimes i i some like i don't know i think our generation knows uh, when it's going to be difficult to work with people also i was younger and i think my uh, i was a little idealistic in the way i think the world should the way i thought the world would work and i think it wasn't right um and if the minute we had difficulty in dealing with a client i think back then the the immediate reflex was to say okay maybe we can't do this and let let this go and then i realized as i grew, grew older that if you're going to drop a client every single time there's a disagreement and if you're not able to work through it um and um it, and it's also a function of being a small organization right sometimes you really really need the clients to stay away, stay alive and stay afloat and and to consistently keep doing good work so i was in that frame of mind i think and i didn't realize it and i think it's only actually just before covid that i figured okay uh, 
the the approach to this entire piece needs to be different yeah. you need to you need to uh, you need to have a brand and identity for your organization and a brand isn't just a logo or yeah. the colors um and it it's about what it means what it stands and culture stems from top you know uh, um, someone a, a great brand strategist once said to me a brand is always a reflection of its promoters absolutely uh, so true absolutely man and it's so true right and and in terms of how i believe or how i behave is is how the organization will turn out turn out to be absolutely. so it is very important to streamline that thought and i spent significant time probably pre covid and and little bit post uh, lockdown in terms of wanting to uh, rather designing what i wanted it to be because the way we started off this organization and even when you were there it was a hustle it was you know i was in a in a company i was leaving them i remember on the 31st and on the first we were in virality did they still pay uh, you that company that owed you i think a couple of bucks no. yeah uh, they paid for my surgery and i and i think they eventually they just helped me out when i was in distress so uh, you know rest, they like, it like that grateful to them uh, because i couldn't have uh, like for sure afforded the money for the surgery uh, you know uh, for my knee and anyway, that got done and and really grateful but yeah i think there was a it is a very difficult time so i didn't have that money Uh, we didn't have money. I remember we had to. We were dependent on uh, uh, clients paying us for me to be able to pay salary to all of you guys who were there. And I think a couple of times I was late on it, and which is my bad. But uh, early days, you know, I was figuring it out too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, was, I don't think I ever difficult. had a salary problem with you. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, we were clear from the go, and I don't think you and I are the kind of people who work for the money. I mean, yes, we yeah. need the money to uh, keep us. Uh, we work together. You know, yeah to feed ourselves but we are in it because we absolutely love what we do and i think that yeah. we want to be the best at yeah. whatever it is that we do and i think the mindset has been very clear from day one yeah. so uh, i think that's why yeah, we are really connected even though we have been in different sure. agencies now i think it's because i know you love what you do and i know i love what i do and i think you know i love what i do as well because otherwise i would have probably not stuck with it and i and i and i and i kind of knew that from our first interaction together itself like our conversations were never keep boss creative banana it's more like what is the philosophy like what are we aiming to do what do we want to change what is the new things that we want to bring to this space right i mean even if you remember i i, I won't take the client's name our first client together which was the football the five aside football turf club in indranagar our philosophy was always to make that like a like a like the feeling what is the feeling we're working on right every footballer in that yeah. would want to come there because they know it's a place that celebrates the sport and it's not just a venue like accelerate where you go and pay money right and right. and book a court so i think that is something we have always had like the love for the work right like stay till 9 and get that creative done and like you remember that one campaign we ran right the women of football where we got all those women for i still remember that campaign we got all those women footballers and we made an aditi mittal i think she commented saying awesome would i remember that right so i still remember that because i fucking loved doing that right so i completely connect with what you're saying in terms of uh, falling in love or loving what you do because i believe it's only when you love advertising that see advertising is 90% things you don't according to me 90% things that you don't like but you're good at and you have to get it done and 3% things that you love and you celebrate according to me right like i i hate being the delivery person in terms of following up where is it when can we do it follow i hate doing that because i pe- i believe since my that guilt of leaving virality and stuff like that i've always been accountable for my own shit in terms of the moment i send an email i've put in the whatsapp group that guys i've sent the mail let's touch base at 6 anything that happens i update right even if it it's the, something like dude i'm going to guys i'm going to take the next hour off because i'm doing something i will update 
and i believe this <clears throat> update comes this thing comes from people having ownership for their shit right like designers taking ownership for their design so what internal policy i started doing right i would always tell my team don't send anything to me put it in the group i want everyone to see what you're doing that way this fucker will think thrice before putting up a design because he knows everyone's looking at what's going on right now so even for me like like the reason i think uh, i've been under so much conflict is because i have not trained in management and you and i are both self taught like we've learned everything from youtube videos and books so there's no one who will teach you hardcore management in terms of what you mentioned about alex ferguson right i know this is not no one's going to like me for it but this is the thing i have to do i know no one's going to like it if i tell my designers guys you all have to cock up and come on a 10 10 o'clock jsr call no one's going to like it but they come the day starts before 6 o'clock everyone's work is done and i ask them isn't the thing that you want in life right now is to go home on time am i not getting that done for you so isn't this process working so i think that's how i got pushed into the account direction role because i was stepping out from doing mainline creative thinking into more brand growth brand strategy internal process uh is this guy is this brand business paying us enough in our retainer for me to assign so many designers and take on so many print jobs and one of the things that i became really good at is dealing with clients in terms of explaining a concept to them and making sure they buy the concept and whenever they have a feedback telling them why this feedback doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of things obviously it's if it's something like my logo placement has to be in top right because it's a brand philosophy obviously i will not fight that but when it's something like can you try a blue background instead i'm like is that blue background going to really work let's think like let me give you an idea you're walking down the aisle and you see a black background versus a blue background you think is really going to make a difference so very few clients will be like yeah i think the blue will work but i'll show them both and i'll be like i ran it internally my team didn't fucking make a difference <coughs> make a difference to my team so this way i'm very open and transparent with my clients and the account managers who work under me i'm teaching them also to be very transparent with the clients like never hide to them that we can't get a creative done today if it's 4 o'clock and you know we can't get it created done call them up tell them i can't get it done today they will respect you more is what i feel right so 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 this is the 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 moral ambiguity or the moral versus morals versus running a business thing that i'm that i'm dealing with like i want people who work with me to love what i do as much as i love it and at the same time i want them to know that this is a fucking job it is a job right. at the end of the day so right and i think you answered that also very beautifully it's about it's a trickle down effect right it's it's the managers who show the younglings or the foundlings how they should work like i hate organizations where there is a unspoken thing among people that all eight hours you have to be on your screen doing something i'm like why spend 2 hours watch the mandalorian in office if you've got work done like you watch the mandalorian and you will give me 10 creative concepts i know it like you will tell me can we do something with young yoda or can i do something with mando that is what i want my workspace to be like right it's not you come at 10 and and start working immediately you come at 10 fucking get make yourself a coffee make the team a coffee or tell everyone guys today i want to do a drum session for all of you to show you what it's like so that is what i'm trying to build internally for my my organization and my team and tell them that this is you will only love this job if you are truthful about why you are in it so that is my that's where i am with my philosophy and mindset as a manager or a director if i may nice well, <laughs> certainly evolved <laughs> and yeah. whatever you're reading and consuming is working so yeah keep keep doing more it's yeah i know what you're saying it it has a lot to do with um, the fact that i'm staying away from psychedelics and 
using that as a way to find yeah. my answers i'm escape yeah as an escape exactly so there's no more escape for me it's like i am in the middle of shit every day so i have to clean the shit off my face right and when you're cleaning the shit off your face you're like why why how can i avoid this shit every day so that's pretty much been my story and um i'm so happy that we got to have this podcast today it was uh, yeah yeah something that i've Certainly. been looking looking forward to for a long time without impeding on your bandwidth and my mm-hmm. bandwidth as well so as we come to a close sanan we've been right. at this for i think an hour now yeah just an hour we've touched right. what i usually do as a as a closing segment with my audience and whoever joins us i do like a rapid fire rapid fire now this rapid fire is a bunch of questions that have to do with life spirituality the industry and also like regular day to day stuff <clears throat> that go on around outside so are you ready so sure. are you ready so it's going to be a one yes. minute long rapid fire you can take like at max 5 yes. seconds per question it's got a bunch of questions yes. and we'll stop exactly so it's 1449 i'm guessing it's 1449 30 seconds as soon as it's 1451 we stop right right are you ready done yep anand embody are you ready for the anvay pramanik early night show rapid fire question rapid fire yes All right, question, on. <laughs> question one: If you didn't have to work for money, what would you want your day to day job to be? Oh, just play football, I guess. As a coach or as a player? Either I take both. I tried both. I'm, I think I'm better off as a coach than a player, <laughs> at least to the standards I would like. So maybe that coach. So your day job would become trying to build a football team. Yeah, coaching a team, building a club. Ah, building a club again becomes. a business so actually i don't know i think coaching would be nice it's a nice uh, give something back to the game that gave me out so yeah. on a grassroots level i know this is extending a little bit but on a grassroots level yeah. or like professional level but i think start at the grassroots and then figure if we, if you can build a good structure i think i'm a problem solver so i pick a problem of grassroots and then figure if i can build it all Scale the way up it. and then, hmm. yeah make that a model for future you know for everybody who wants to has aspirations and dreams of becoming a player That's fucking insane. Maybe that. That's fucking insane. I really yeah. like that. Are you a red sauce pasta guy or a white sauce pasta guy? I'm actually not a pasta guy, but if I have to, then I probably white sauce. If yeah, okay. If you're if a red sauce steak or a white sauce steak. Oh, hmm, hmm, red. Nice. Red. Do you do you believe uh, red red sauce? Got it. Do you believe morals are important? Yes or no? Yes. Would you want to marry for companionship or marry because you want to start a family? Companionship. Nice. Superman or Goku? Who would win in a fight according oh, to you and fuck. why? Fuck in hell. This is hard. Man, this is really hard because I you know I like them both and I know what works for both. Oh man, if if you can bring some scenarios in I, I maybe I'll, I'll pick Goku because I'll, I'll show you two. I'll tell you two scenarios, okay? Two two clauses. Okay, uh Goku yeah. can blow up the sun. and right. goku is only till super saiyan 3 so gt and super is not counted and superman is uh, uh this is man of steel superman your henry cavill superman yeah the thing is both of them are great nice guys yes uh right so this is, that's the that's the dilemma you don't know who's going to be the radical one and do something you have never seen goku do that i've seen superman do that so i might just go with superman Got it. So you were saying like Superman would go berserk and probably put his hand through Goku or something like that. Like yeah, I think but Goku can stop that. It's going to be interesting, man. I don't know. I I just put my money like I put my money on McGregor today and he lost. So you know I'm not really doing that well. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Cavill for now. Got it. 
um your top blue two places uh, if you had a choice to live abroad city and country um i think england uh, london or manchester okay nice yeah manchester Obvious. so it would it would only only be in england like you wouldn't look at another country maybe somewhere uh, in an island nation I, i actually like phuket honestly i've been there for work lived there for a short period of like periods in, in distributed uh, uh, periods in the year uh, my like that place it, it, it it's like kerala but it's very different uh, it's cleaner <laughs> that's how i feel but uh, but yeah uh, or i could even go to kerala i, I don't mind actually no i can't Uh, I'll do. I'll do Phuket. Okay, so Phuket and yeah. Manchester. Yeah. Um, if you had a crystal ball that could show you your future, would you like to see it? No. Define friendship in one sentence. Uh, people who you can trust and uh, grow with. Nice. Say you had seven days to live. As soon as this podcast ended, you had seven into twenty-four hours left to live. Would you continue doing and living the same way, or would you radically change a few things? Uh, I would do everything that I intended to do much faster, and then figure how much time I have left to for escapes or <laughs> indulgences. You know? The indulgences, got it. When was yeah. the last time you had a moment where you cried your cried your ass out, like literally broke down and fucking cried? Um, I think when I, when I watch Mali and me uh, <laughs> and the ending of the film, I think maybe that because I, otherwise I think the the time before that probably was when I was sixteen, seventeen. I can't even remember. I probably messed up at home and got hit uh, so by my dad. So maybe that time. But yeah, otherwise no. So this was like la- the, last was eighteen. I'm guessing eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I think twenty uh, ten somewhere. Yeah, so probably eighteen. Yeah. Awesome. So Sanand, that brings us to the end of our. Rapid fire questions. I told you it's a mix of fun. all kinds of shit, right? Like, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was the most fun rapid fire I ever had. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Like I wanted to mix it up. You know, like ask you like a deep question to start off with, and make you think like, is it going to be all deep? And suddenly ask you next, Superman or Goku, who's going to win? <laughs> that was hard. That was easily the toughest question. I still don't know the answer. So, so you know, you know how it. I see it. I see it as Goku can only win if he has the brains to Kamehameha or Solar Flare the Sun. Because he Ooh, can wish a kryptonite, he or, just pull a or, kryptonite or, or if he gets yeah, like, or if he like instant transmissions to Krypton and gets a piece of kryptonite, it's an it's another scenario, yeah. So I was thinking like Goku would only have be able to win in those situations where you know he blows up the sun and he wishes it back using dragon. Yeah, but but he's too nice. He's not going to kill him. He's no. too nice. Yeah, he might not kill him. He'd be like, you go and train harder and come back. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Man of Steel crossed that line, so you know he's already been there, done that. You know, you never know. He's already so, yeah. killed, so I think that's the only thing that gives Superman an advantage because Goku is not killed yet. But I think Definitely. if pushed, if pushed, Goku might. You never know. If he snaps, he might. I don't know. Possible. Possible. <laughs> awesome, Sanan. Thank you so much for coming for season two, episode five. I thank you for giving me your time, and I can say for a fact that I know we're going to do another podcast at least in the next two three months. For sure. Be- for sure. one topic which we are going to break down very extensively i think i've already got a few ideas formulating Looking in my forward. head sorry right i hope i'm quite sure yeah we'll go deeper we'll have deeper conversations yeah we're going to have a, like because we have we've established that you know our baseline it's not going to be on a surface level right. we know we're going to take it deeper and deeper and maybe next time we'll do a two part podcast where we'll record one hour one hour and i'll upload it as a two part podcast no. i think we could do Works. something like that great 
So thank you, Scam. Any final thoughts from your yeah. end with regards to what it felt like being here, and for people who are watching, like if you want to give me a shout out or anything like that. Yeah, I think just the way you mentioned, uh, I don't know if you got that in the recording or was the in the prelude, but uh, whenever we speak, it's like we just left it off yesterday and you know just picked it up. So it was just that. Uh, I think you have an act for creating conversations. I've always told you that. So I think you will sort of. Uh, I'm excited to see how you grow this and and how long you do this and while you get on the show. So I'm going to be rooting for you there behind the scenes. That's <laughs> fucking amazing, and I can promise you something that. Um, so my one of the things that I want to do with this is I want to create like panel discussions between experts, like a nice. table kind of thing. Because uh, nice. I, I believe that one thing I'm good at, like how you said, creating space for people to speak. So right. creating like a non-Arnab Goswami kind of a panel discussion with people who really want to speak is something I want to do. Like so, and I'm sure for a fact that one day we will have an advertising cross table conference. Probably we'll get Gary V and Seth Godin and all on it. <laughs> and i'm sure we will have a fantastic time like that's how that's how big i'm dreaming yeah. right like gary v seth gordon right so you me karan adi and all the people we have worked with and those people i think it would be a fantastic fucking podcast if we yeah. ever get together no doubt about it no doubt thank you sanand and yeah. uh, that's all from my end bye have a fucking awesome day you ahead you too hopefully you do this very soon <laughs>